I'm one single athlete who experienced what the Lord did in my life and these scriptures that I was shown and how they changed my life and put me on the right road with the Lord. I just want to make sure that anybody who was in the situation that I was in, that they get the ship righted, so to speak. The voice of actor and author T.C. Stallings opening today's first-person program. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and in a few moments we'll talk with T.C. about his remarkable life on screen and off, so please stay tuned. First, I invite you to stop by our website for not only information about today's guests, but also a look at upcoming programs and an archive of past broadcasts you can explore. We're found at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, an even easier way of keeping up with each week's program is by downloading our free smartphone app, giving you the ability to listen and or download any current or past program to be played anytime you wish. Search for a first-person interview in your app store. Our guest now, T.C. Stallings, made his motion picture debut in the 2011 film Courageous. In 2015, he portrayed the troubled Tony Jordan in the movie War Room, a man whose life was changed through prayer. Today, Tony is not only an actor, but an author and speaker who has a spiritual passion to reach people for Christ. We begin by talking about what has happened in his life since filming War Room. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've shot a lot more films. The Lord has opened up some doors there. You know, I'm out here in Hollywood, and, and I certainly have been praying for the right kind of team around me to help me to accomplish his purposes, to help me to be able to be in the type of films and projects that, you know, that honor him. Um, you know, whether they are Christian or not, or faith-based or not, they definitely can't dishonor him. And so, uh, again, that's, that's, dif- that's difficult. Uh, but when you are, you know, walking by your purpose, you know, the Lord will open the doors he wants you to go through. And so it's been doing a lot more films. Um, you can see those on IMDb, my IMDb page to kind of catch up okay. uh, for the sake of time. And Good idea. commercials and, uh, you know, and uh, writing a couple books and getting around speaking quite a bit, you know, motivating people in the Lord. So it's been a great year. Let me talk to you about this movie uh, acting career of yours. Did you always set out to be an actor? Uh, I didn't, actually. Um, you know, growing up, acting was just something that was in my back pocket and something fun to do. You know, whenever the church would have a play or, you know, my, my local school would have a play or something like that, I, I like to clown around, and, and I love to, to be other characters, so I would jump in and do that for fun. But, but you know, I didn't sit there dreaming about being an actor. Uh, that was, that was Football had all that brain space <laughs> and heart space for me for so many years. But, uh, but yeah, I just kept doing it. You know, when I got in college, I did a play, and um, but then what, what, what triggered it was when I went and saw Fireproof, and I was kind of coming towards the end of my football career, and I thought about what I naturally wanted to do next. And I saw the movie Fireproof and saw the impact that it had on people, and uh, I would have that same impact with football on, on kids and, and people around the country. And I said, well, this would be a natural way to, 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 to do this, but i got to run it through the Lord and see if he wants me to uh, use acting as the next way to Im- influence people. And, and, and obviously, I love to do it. And so that's kind of started, and that was back in 08. Okay. Now, yeah, you were in a couple of those Kendrick Brothers movies. How did you get connected with Stephen and Alex? Well, it was interesting. I've been seeing Fireproof, and I, and, and I saw my, my heart just beating for wanting to be in movies. And, and, you know, you immediately start to think about all the things you don't have. For example, you know, I hadn't had any training. I hadn't had any, you know, all I had was just a, a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of experience. And then you're starting to think, like, okay, uh, how am I going to get in contact with the Kendricks? And it's hard to reach these people. And then you just start, you know, giving yourself all the negative but I ended up just praying about it, saying, first of all, Lord, I need to validate this calling. Right, is this you beating my chest like this? I mean, because then I know you'll open up the doors. And, uh, you know, a couple of months later, I saw that the Kendricks were auditioning for Courageous. 
they were kind of getting around the country looking for people. I caught up with um, with, with uh, some of the people that were casting for them down in, in, in Florida. And uh, I ended up getting an audition. I didn't get to meet them, but I ended up getting an audition on Skype through huh. this person. And it actually was Aaron Bethay from Fireproof. Yeah, right. I actually ended up, yeah, I ended up catching up with her via email. And I just told her my story that I was really trying to get into this, but I wanted to do it in a way that honored God. And, and I see that the Kendricks are doing it very, very well. And I, and I would love a shot at one of their movies. And, you know, people, those emails never get read. <laughs> unless it's a part of your purpose because she read it and she turned it over to those guys. They called me back and, uh, I auditioned twice via Skype and ended up getting the role. And that's how I got the role of TJ in the movie courageous. Yeah. TJ, the, a tough guy in that movie. Right. <laughs> and then in war room, you played uh, a very interesting character. Um, Jordan was his name, right? Yeah, Tony Jordan. Tony, Tony Jordan, Jordan, that's it. Yeah. Pharmaceutical salesman. Yeah. And uh, it's just a guy that, you know, he lived his life through his job and through the approval of the world and through, you know, money and finances. And it's, he was just a, a, a guy that wanted to, to to go to work, provide for the family, and everybody just kind of just get out of his way. And that was his, he, he pushed a lot of people aside, including the Lord, to get to the top. And, you know, through War Room, it just shows that, you know, the wife who's trying to battle and get him back to where he needed to be was losing that battle because she was fighting in her own strength. She starts to pray, and the Lord starts to get involved, and uh, that just, just changed everything. It's so, a yeah, great it film. It was a great, great character to play. He had a lot of emotions going, and to take that on, open doors for people to see that I can do more than just be a, a mean guy. Yeah, great film that meant a lot to an awful lot of people, and still does, as a matter of fact. So great to talk to you about that. Now, you mentioned football a while ago. You always look like you step right out of an NFL locker room. <laughs> where did football, <laughs> where did that come into play in your life? You know, as a kid, um, I grew up in a, in a pretty rough uh, neighborhood, and um, you know, I, I you, you look for something to do, and in my neighborhood, you know, football was just something that everybody would always run outside and play, and and so I started playing when I was about probably about ten, eleven years old in terms of just running around with with no pads on. But when I was twelve years old, I saw somebody in my neighborhood walking around with the full uniform, kind of like they do in, in the NFL and mm-hmm. everything. And, and I had been watching NFL games, and I had never seen that. I had never seen it. And so I run out there and I ask him, dude, where are you going? And, and what, what, how, how you got all this equipment? What are you going to do? <laughs> and he said, I play for the city team. And I said, the city team? I said, like, real football? Whatever. And he said, yeah. And I said, can I come watch? And I was 12 years old, and I went to go watch him. And, and, and that was it. I remember when they were going through drills, I just asked the coach, could I do the drills? And he said, I don't have a uniform for you, and you, don't have, you haven't signed the release. Before he finished his statement, I was already in the line running the drill. <laughs> and so he let me go, and I'm doing it in my regular clothes, and I am just as good, if not better, than everybody who has full equipment on. And so he wanted me to get on the team, and uh, that was the first year I started playing organized football, and I never looked back. Yeah. It, it was just, uh, man, I had, I had a ball and a blast, and I just never looked back. And you did play professionally, right? I did. I did. After after um, high school, I went to University of Louisville, and and then after Louisville, I went to the Arena League for a few years, and I went to the CFL for uh, a couple years, and then I went over into Europe, and we won a Super Bowl over there. <laughs> so the ladder was just climbing, and, and then uh, at around uh, I was about 30 years old, um, I had a lot of years in football, but I was still moving pretty well. I had a great career, and so now my, I was like, okay, this is my last chance to go to the NFL. And uh, that summer, I went and saw Fireproof, and uh, that put the NFL in the rearview mirror, man. Yeah, that changed acting. everything, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when did Jesus become Lord to you, TC? 
That's a great question, and I love that you said when he become Lord. He became Savior when I was a very young kid, very young kid. He was Savior all throughout my life, and so I didn't change very much about myself. You know, you know when I accepted Christ, you know, I was brought up to believe in God, uh, but the changes you know, was just the basic things. You know, you try not to lie, you try not to cuss, and you don't do big sins like kill people and all that. And that's that's pretty much the finish line of being a Christian. That's what I. I, I didn't realize that being, that was really just the starting block of the race. You know, mm-hmm. you have some some things that the Lord needs to really change about you so that you can properly follow Him. And uh, that happened for me in college. I was a sophomore, and I'm in college, and I'm running around, you know, I'll carry my Bible every now and again because that's the habit, and I say that in quotations, that I had come up, that I had, you know, grew up with. And you go to church on Sunday because that's where people go. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. But, you know, I used the wrong language. I watched movies that, you know, I knew God probably could never sit next to me and watch, and, and, and they, they weren't God-honoring. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I had improper relationships, you know, like as far as, you know, girls, and I'm chasing girls around and all those kinds of things. I just really didn't think God cared about that. But yet, I'm going and I'm speaking to young kids at FCA groups and things about Jesus, and, and you know, and I passionately believed, you know, I thought I, and I thought I was okay. I'm thinking, hey, I believe in God, and that's enough. Uh, but my life didn't change very much. A student saw that I spoke a lot, and I was touted as one of the top Christians on campus, and he basically just didn't want me to ruin my platform, because, you know, on campuses, a lot of times, the status and standard of being a Christian is very, very low. Hmm. And so I looked like a super Christian, just because I carried my Bible, spoke a lot, and went to church. But this kid studied with me one day. He asked me if he could study with me. I agreed to it. We started looking in the scripture, and I'm seeing things that were just so convicting about my behavior. And I realized at that point that Jesus was 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 just my Savior alone, but he needed to be both Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. which means I have to follow him. He's Lord over what I watch, Lord of where I go, Lord of how I think. You know, I have to give him all of that, and I didn't realize that. And I'm reading scriptures like James 2.19, where it says, even the demons believe, so, you know, stop touting that around so much. And and then Matthew 7.21, where it says, not everyone who calls out to me will, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. And now, so I'm just reading all these things, and this is where I realized that Jesus had to be Lord. And so I'm looking at life, and I'm saying to myself, well, what has been Lord for me? And then that's when I read 1 Corinthians 9.24-27, through 27, where, um, you know, Paul's like, you know, Every athlete goes into strict training. They do it for a crown that won't last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. And I looked at what I was doing strict training for and giving all my time and devotion to, and it was football. Football was Lord. It got my time, my treasure, my everything. And then I said, well, wow, if I'm doing all of that for this team, a college team, then what am I doing for Team Jesus? Hmm. And uh, and then so I just had to switch what, what really needed to be Lord. And that's when Jesus truly became Lord, and I truly started living through Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, with Him out in front and me following. That was my sophomore year, and I thank God He allowed me to stay alive to be able to make that that swap. You have such a beautiful wife and family. When did Lavette come along in your life? Wow, that that was the the summer of my junior year, and um, you know when I made the change in, in in my sophomore year, I needed to change everything. So I started changing. I, he, he became Lord of what I what I watch and, and, and what I say and where I go and my relationships. And so I said, well, you know, I'm a realist as a guy. It's just really hard, you know, um, to deal with lust and all these different things you have to deal with in, in, in college. It would be nice to just get a relationship with someone who has the same goals as me that, that is trying to honor God with her life as well. 
and uh, we can keep each other in line, you know, all the way up until marriage. Like, I started looking for my wife at that point. And, uh, you know, I met Lavette. She played at Moorhead State University. She played basketball there, uh, which is just a couple hours away from Louisville. You know, and, uh, you know, we started dating. We dated all through my, my the summer of my junior year. She became um, really important to me as we grew together in the Lord. And once I saw that she would do that and also have my back in, in my journey with the Lord, I proposed to her three months later uh, in September uh, of that year. And uh, and uh, we got married that, that following year, 2012, in, in June. And uh, we had my daughter. Uh, well, she had. I, I, <laughs> she had. You had a little something to do with it. Daughter. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> In 2001, and uh, and then seven years later, we had a son, and uh, so here we are, 16 years almost. Uh, in June, it'll be 16 years. We got two kids, and uh, we we all do ministry together, and I absolutely love it. We'll talk more with actor, author, and speaker T.C. Stallings coming up today here on First Person. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Thanks for listening to today's first-person interview. FEBC believes in the power of story, God's story, at work in the life of people who follow Christ. As we broadcast programs both into large population areas and remote villages of Asia, we hear amazing stories of how God touches hearts with His Word. If you'd like to hear more of those testimonies, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and click on the FEBC banner. My guest is T.C. Stallings. You may recognize T.C. from, well, the movie's Courageous, where T.C. played T.J., <laughs> T.C. T.J. Yeah. And, uh, and then in War Room, he was the lead uh, Tony Jordan in that great movie and uh, has done other films and, and work along the way. Lives in L.A. now, so you've got this, uh, this, this actor, acting career thing going, and uh, you're speaking as well, but suddenly you've written a book. Uh, you got to tell me what this book is all about. Yeah, well, this is the second of two books. You know, um, last year I wrote The Pursuit, uh, which tells my story of making the swap from football to acting and how that all happened and, and making the trek out here to LA to impact this uh, movie industry for the Lord. And, uh, you know, which, which culminates with me, you know, being Tony Jordan, the number one movie in America. And I just wanted the people to know the in-between and how that happened and, and all the things the Lord took me through. So I write The Pursuit. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, before the pursuit, I actually had written a book called Plan on God's Team, and I wrote it for athletes because, again, the story that I told you and your viewers uh, just a, you know a little, a few segments ago about uh, my transformation in college. I know there were athletes all over the country that were going through the same thing, whether it's little league, pro, or college locker room. And I want to, and so I wrote that book. I I could not get that book off the ground. This book was written way back in like 2011. And I could not get it off the ground. However, the Lord opened the door for the pursuit in a matter of weeks. Hmm. And uh, it's like he wanted me to write that book first about pursuing him for your God-given purpose in life. But then the same publishers had asked me, hey, do you got anything else? You know, people are really responding to the pursuit. And so I, that's when I pulled out the manuscript, Plan on God's Team. And, and uh, so now that's out. And it's basically a 21-week devotional, and uh, it's designed for athletes. Uh, with the sensitivity that many people will read it. And so in the book, I define team um, as a collection of people coming together, working toward the common goal. And I told you back in my college days, I realized that being a Christian is just that. We're a team, and we're working together for a common goal of glorifying God. And so I just use metaphors throughout the book 
just like Paul did in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, to basically help us and motivate us to give God all we have, give Him effort in carrying out His plan and doing just that and bringing Him glory for the team that matters most, more than your job team, more than your sports team, more than even your family, is to honor Him first, Team Jesus, in the way that He wants it done, the goals that He has for you. And so that's the book, and there's a wrap-up videos that go along with it on my website, www.tcstallings.com, and you don't have to pay for those or anything, but after you go through the discussions and do the questions and the lessons, I come back and tie it all together and make sure we're staying with Scripture. And so I'm really, really excited about it to see it, uh, you know, basically change the game, so to speak, spiritually around the country and, and help people to give God all they have. We'll have a link to the book on our webpage at the conclusion of the program today. It's called Playing on God's Team by T.C. Stallings, our guest today on First Person. And T.C., uh, was it um, intimidating in any way to open the Scripture and, and start to prepare these devotionals? I don't, maybe intimidating is not the right word, but how did you approach it? Well, it was inspiring because I had already dealt with the conviction of it and the fear of it and everything when I experienced it. And so it's just one of those things that if God ever did something amazing in your life, and I'm not talking about this fluffy fake stuff where anything good happens and, you know, you want to make a buck and so you just tag God to it and try to throw it out there. Like, I'm not doing anything like that. What I'm talking about is if anybody ever went through something and the Lord, and you knew it with Him, and this is the real deal, and you just want to share it with people, like, almost verbally, like, with your testimony, because you know it works, and you know it, you've been blessed by it. That's kind of what their experience was like for me. To write this, I wrote it down simply because I'm one single athlete who experienced what the Lord did in my life, and I know, and, and then I, and these scriptures that I was shown, and how they changed my life, they put me on the right road with the Lord. I just want to make sure that anybody who was in the situation that I was in, that they get um, the ship righted, so to speak. And so a book is just a way to communicate with the whole world, people where I can never reach. So I basically just wrote down my testimony, and then I wanted to be able to not just talk about it, I wanted to equip people. So I'm like, okay, what steps did I take? And so in 21 weeks, I just copied the steps that I took. So for example, you know, I, I use the metaphor of the playbook as the Bible. And I know in college, I never put my playbook down. And I had all kinds of reasons for that. If I wanted to play, I had to know the plays. Number two, it was the way I communicated with my coach. Number three, he would always say, hey, you never know which play I'm going to call, so make sure you know all of them. Don't just study your favorite. And, man, if that doesn't apply to Team Jesus, and so I did the same thing. Hey, you show me a Christian that doesn't study a Bible, I will show you that that person is just a believer. He's not a follower because that Bible shows us what to do. That's our playbook in the game of life, and it's how we communicate with our coach. And that's how he calls plays in our life. And so that's the, so it basically the 21 weeks are like that. And uh, so I'm just sharing my experience, and I'm sharing what I learned. I totally turned my life around. And I don't want people to end up being what Matthew 7:21 says, which is people that will be shocked when Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. All the time they think they plan on God's team when they really haven't. And so... That that was the, the, that was the draw for me, and that's what it felt like to write this book. Yeah, sounds fantastic. It really does. Hey, let me take you back to that earlier book, Pursuit, because in that book you talk a lot about God's purpose for our lives, and you've discovered yeah. a purpose for your life. What what advice do you have? God given advice you feel to help people, you know, who are drifting maybe and need need to find something to hang on to a, a purpose that God has for them. Well, the first thing you definitely want to do is get real with yourself. Like, what? Let's define this 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 drifting. Like, where are you? Do you? If first of all, if you truly believe in Jesus Christ and you believe that 
he has something for you in terms of what he wants you to do, and you believe in the Bible, and you pray. Like, you just start there. If, if you're already right there, then it's actually very simple. The Bible says in James 1.5, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. And we got to start taking that stuff literally. So you literally get on your knees and say, God, I want you to be out in front of my life. I don't want to plan my own way. You say in Scripture that we shouldn't even do that because you understand us best. So tell me where you want me. Shut all the doors that I'm trying to walk through that don't lead me in my purpose and open the one that does. Hmm. And I will patiently continue to pray and wait for that. And I will be still and work hard where I am until you do so. Like, that's for the person that believes. And then God will show you because he can't lie because he chooses not to lie. He says, I can't lie. And then so James 1, 5, he won't have the wisdom of his purpose for your life if you just ask him. It's really that simple. Now, that doesn't mean your purpose will be simple. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it won't come with some, some struggles and things like that. But the thing is, all you have to do is validate that it's coming from him, and then I can deal with anything that comes with it. So that's what I would say. Now, for those, uh, a person, if you're not tight with the Lord, if, if you're not praying, if you don't, you know, value Scripture, then I will say the God-given purpose won't even be able to help you. You you have no purpose without prayer, without Scripture, and without relationship with Him. And so you you would want to start there. And if you're new to all of this, I'm just, I'm telling you, it, it, I know you may not know me personally, but if you can just look at my story, and uh, or look at, find someone in your life. You know, uh, you don't have to read my book to, to see what the Lord has done in the life of a believer. Find a believer, in, a true believer that you know. Let them tell you what God has done to motivate you to seek your own relationship with Him. Um, but you want to start there. And the Scripture motivated all this for me, which is Psalms 139.16, where the God of the universe, the one who controls whether I live or die, the one who controls my breath, says, I saw you before you were born. You know, um, well, the psalmist is speaking. He says, God, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And that just spells out purpose for me. So before I was born, the Lord already had planned what he wanted me to do. And I'm just seeking him for what that is. And there is no greater joy that I've experienced now than to see him answer that prayer. And, and that's, that, that's playing out in my life right now. And I wrote that book because I want to see that play out in the lives of those who Satan is confusing about their purpose, beating them up in life when God didn't design for that, you know? And so that's what I hope come, comes out of that. There's, there's a beauty in knowing your purpose and knowing why you wake up every day, and the Holy Spirit is out in front of that, not, not us. We're not trying to lead our own lives. We're following the one who designed it, and there's no, beautiful, no, no more beautiful feeling than that. Well, you can learn more about our guest, T.C. Stallings, and his new book, Playing on God's Team, at firstpersoninterview.com. There's a link to the book there at the website, and a full list of T.C.'s films and more is linked as well. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com. Thanks for listening today. It's always great to get your feedback and what you hear, so please visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. You can leave your comments there and learn just a bit more about this program and our guests. Or use our webpage for that purpose where you can also browse the archive of past interviews and listen right online. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. This weekly visit is made possible through the Far East Broadcasting Company, which loves to have stories of God working in people's lives told. FEBC has a few stories of their own, and you can learn more about them when you click on the FEBC banner found at firstpersoninterview.com. And to find out about next week's guest, please visit us there at the website. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Be sure to join us next time for First Person. 